Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I am here today with my friend, Dr. Donnell Hansen, veterinary dentist. I am asking her about that case. You know the case, the one where you have the little dog on the dental table and you're going, ooh, do I take these teeth? Do I leave these teeth? They are right on the line. And this dog's got a little bit of renal disease and it kind of makes me want to hurry up and get this procedure over with, but I also want to do what's right by this dog uh, from a dental and health well-being standpoint uh, in his mouth. And so I don't know, guys, I'm torn. Do I take it? Do I leave it? How do I know? Dr. Donnell Hansen uh, weighs in on that question. Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Donnell Hansen. Thanks for being here. Hi, guys. Oh, man. I appreciate you making time uh, because you are living in the strange virtual school world that I am living in. And so your children are in the house and they never leave. They're always here. I know. They're always around. I, I feel that so much. It's like, it's like, I love you, but do not get out of my bedroom. Get out of my bedroom. You gotta go. Yeah, yeah. it's that. I'm doing that. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, how you been? You been doing okay uh, as we kick off 2022? Don't you wonder when people ask you that, how have you been? You kind of want to say, well, I think I'm fine. Like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm miserable, and I'm, but I'm wonderful all at the same time. So I don't ever know how to answer that question anymore. Yeah, it, it's in the in the pandemic world. Yeah, I agree. Like, how you doing? Like, what do you want to know when you ask me that? I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's some nuance here to unpack. But yeah, no, I appreciate you being here. You are a boarded veterinary dentist. You are uh, one of my favorite people to talk to. And you are a regular guest on the program. And so I am so glad that you took my call because we're heading into Dental Health Month, um, which is a thing that a lot of practices do, uh, I'm a big fan of. And uh, and I got, a, I got a case for you. You wanna help me out? I'm ready. Thanks for having me, Andy, it's always fun. I super enjoy it. All right, so here's, um, here's what we got. I've got a 12-year-old female Yorkie named Chanel. And Chanel, <laughs> I'm worried, I'm worried Chanel has a little bit of kidney disease, right? So her creatinine levels are a little bit elevated. Um, but you know, but she seems to be in pretty good health overall, but I, I have some concerns about, you know, prolonged anesthesia time, things like that, just, just in the back of my mind. And, uh, and I'm in here, I'm getting ready to do this, this dentistry. We'll say I, I am halfway through the dentistry. I have magically paused space and time to, uh, to ask you this question right here at this moment. So, uh, I am looking at, uh, Sh- Chanel's got some dental disease. Uh, she has got, uh, a frication across the, uh, maxillary premolars. She's got about 30% horizontal bone loss. The teeth are stable. Like they're not, they're not the wiggly Yorkie teeth where I'm like, blink. Oh, look, this one's out. It's not that they seem pretty solid, but I'm looking at this and this is a hundred percent a should I, shouldn't I, when do I go forward with extraction and when do I not question? Uh, to make this a little bit more, um, a little bit more nu- nuanced here, um, on Chanel's lower jaw, she's got about 10% bone loss on that first molar, you know, like the 309, 409 big tooth down there. And I'm looking at that as well. 
And so I, I'm kind of like, well, do, do I want to get into that mess? Because that's a big mess in a little dog's little jaw. And um, I, I think my, my question for you today is, like, can you help me decide what is best to do and what is best to medically treat and keep an eye on and how much is too much to do in one setting? These are hard questions I think a lot of vets have. Uh, Donnell, how do you treat that? It, um, it kind of cracks me up, actually, that you bring up Chanel, the 12-year-old Yorkie, because mm-hmm. literally on, on like Tuesday of last week, uh, an old friend, client, you know how clients become friends over time, mm-hmm. showed up to bring the, the Christmas gift basket of packaged sausage, right? That gift basket yeah. we all know about. <laughs> yeah. And, and her pet's names are Audrey Hepburn and Halle Berry, two, two mm-hmm. Yorkies that have since passed away. But um, uh-huh. Chanel fits perfectly for this 12-year-old Yorkie of yours. Oh, I was going to say Coco Chanel was the third one, the yeah. one she hasn't had yet. Yeah, right. It's coming. Oh. It's coming. Love it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I see it's your future. Wonderful family. But they become friends after a while. Anyways, listen, I, I totally get this case. And, you know, I think like radiographs, we kind of joke that, that extraction should be black or white. You know, this is when you extract. This yep. is when you don't extract. Yep. And I think as dentists, sometimes we get a little bit like, oh, you got to do it this way. And I sit there on a Thursday looking at this, the same Yorkie, right? Thinking, hmm, do I have to do this? Do I want to do this? What, you know, do I have to pick up my kids at 630? You know, yeah. you're thinking all these things when you're sitting down to this patient to try and make what's the right choice. Or, and I, have you learned, Andy, maybe... Maybe it's just me, but it feels like there's no such thing as right and wrong anymore. Right? Oh, yeah. It's all shades of gray. Like <laughs> right, a little like, bit better. Yeah. No, it was like there was when I was growing up, I, there were good guys and bad guys and good people and bad people mm-hmm. and good decisions and bad decisions. And I don't see a whole lot of those clear lines anymore. Unfortunately, it's all shades of gray. Right. And so you have to navigate that, especially when you're doing this and you're thinking about in the back of your brain. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always thinking like I'm going to be on a few good men where Tom Cruise is interrogating me and I'm, <laughs> you know, should you extract this too? Like, you can't handle the extractor. I don't know. I need to rationalize everything. So there's so much that goes into this. Can I ask you, you're looking at this, you found horizontal bone loss on your x-rays. Did you feel anything while probing? Did you, did you, with your little probe when you went along? What did you sense there? Well, you know, so so it's a Yorkie, right? So it's got some some gum recession, and okay. um, it's got this tiny little mouth. And I think that if I want to feel some stuff, then I can feel some some stuff. <laughs> but I, but it's not like it didn't drop all the way, you know, to the base of the probe or anything. Uh, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. But it's not like, oh, this is a cavern. If I if I stuck the probe in there and it was just cavernous space, I would I would have a much stronger feeling about like, yeah. So I, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. So here's what you're doing, right? X-rays will tell you one story. There'll be one part of the story. And then your oral exam can tell you the other part of the story. So we're really looking for what is the degree of attachment loss on this tooth, right? Okay. And remember, attachment loss is technically... You know, your recession, so you found recession on this little mouth, so you right. got to add that to your periodontal pockets. So maybe you had three millimeters of recession, and you had a three millimeter periodontal pocket. Okay. And your brain might just have a little red flag because you think, wait a minute, three millimeters of, of probing depths can be normal. That's what we yeah. say in the books. One to three millimeters is a normal 
sulcus. That's where there's no attachment loss. It's just the space between the tooth and the gums, right? Right. So now we got six, right? And that number is relative. Six millimeters, again, on a Yorkie first premolar is different than six millimeters on a Labrador. Those are two different numbers. And it's, right. it's relative to the ratio of that dang tooth that you want to think about. So if it's, you know, the, the books will say 50% bone loss is where we extract. Have you heard that before? Yeah. But you guys all know it. At 20%, at 30%, you might have furcation already at 20% on some of these teeth. Because in dogs and cats, their furcation is really coronal compared to what a human tooth might be. Mm-hmm. And y'all know it. If furcation's exposed, how many of you guys can floss the teeth of your Yorkie? Hey guys, I just want to jump in real quick uh, with a couple announcements over on the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast, which came out yesterday. Uh, Stephanie Goss and I are talking about battling negativity in our practices. If you are like, yeah, people kind of down and starting to hear some sort of grumbling and some negativity, and I'd like to handle that in a graceful way and try to help, you know, get people back seeing seeing some of the good stuff that we do. This episode is for you. I'll put a link uh, to the Uncharted podcast down below in the show notes. Also, in uh, real world things, in person things, the Uncharted Veterinary Conference is coming in April. It is April 21st through the 23rd. It is in person. It is in my hometown, Greenville, South Carolina. Guys, I would love to meet you. I would love to see you in person. I would love for you to meet my friends. I would love for you to be part of our community and to get fired up about what you're doing again and to see what's possible and to see the future as a bright place that is uh, that can be affected by you. And you can take yourself there and you can take your team there and you can can enjoy and feel excited about what's coming down the road again. Um, if, if that sounds good and you're like, man, I, I'd like to get excited about the future and I'd like to feel like a lot of things are possible and 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 I'd like to to, to have new friends and, and see other people who are making their way and who inspire me and who support me and cheer me on and who I can teach and who I can learn from, um, then come and check out Uncharted in April. Guys, uh, we are going to have a, a limited attendance this year just for COVID reasons. I want to keep people safe. It is a uh, it is a very hands on active conference, um, but it is it's super special. It, I mean, ask anybody who's been to Uncharted; it's not like anything else. I think most of those people will tell you it's it's kind of magic. Anyway, I would love to see you guys there. If you're not up for traveling to Greenville, and even if you are, uh, other things on the Uncharted side of the house that are virtual, I am working with my wingman, Stephanie Goss, on some strategic planning courses. On February 23rd, for example, we have a two-hour workshop on assessing your employees and loading the bus. If you're like, hmm, I have no idea how I should be evaluating my staff or even what to look for, how to do that. Uh, I would like to learn what other people do and how they do that and how I can use those assessments to make my clinic run better and to kind of hold people accountable and things like that. That's what this workshop is about. It is from 8 p.m. Eastern to 10 p.m. Eastern uh, on that uh, February 23rd. Uh, You can do the math and decide what it is in your time zone, but it's 8 to 10 Eastern p.m. uh, on the East Coast. So anyway, that's it. Um, that is the uh, strategic planning, loading the bus. We have a uh, another workshop, What Vet Med Can Learn from Improv, and that's uh, Improv Comedy with Dr. Adam Little. Super fun, uh, Fundamentals of Improv Comedy that, uh, that helps you in practice as well as life. That is February 17th. That is free to Uncharted members. And uh, guys, that's enough. Uh, we got, like I said, tons of stuff. Head over to UnchartedVet.com to learn all about it. I'll put links to everything in the show notes below. Uh, if you are not familiar with Uncharted, uh, check it out. It's it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I love it. I'm a bit biased. 
it's it's my favorite it's my baby it's it's the thing that i work on more than anything else but all right that's enough of that guys let's get back into this episode so when we're talking about these really small dogs, does that percent in your mind change based on their size? Because I mean, to your point, like, you know, 50% loss in a, in a in a Labrador is still a decent amount of actual not loss. There's still, there's still com- compared to this tiny Yorkie, when you're talking about, man, 50% is a tiny little bit of, you know, of bone and tissue. Um, d- does, does the breed make a difference in this decision if you're talking about percentage of uh, bone loss? Not really. Um, you know, the reality is, as a as a dentist, we're probably way more aggressive with extractions than maybe the fa- average family practitioner would be, which is ironic. Sure. My job is to save teeth, right? But really, you send us a case and you say, oh, these four need to be extracted and we end up taking out 12. And that might feel counterintuitive, right? But we recognize yeah. that in the vast majority of patients, periodontal disease is not going to get better. Okay. And we see, okay, this 12-year-old Yorkie, the reason why a breed matters is because it's a Yorkie, so the propensity for periodontal disease is going to be dramatic, right, compared to a Labrador. Maybe with yeah. a Labrador, that was a unique tooth. There was a, something happened to that tooth that, that caused that one to have more disease than the rest. But you're not prone to have disease across all the arcades on a Labrador, mm-hmm. right? So for Yorkie, yeah. ooh, 30%, it's only going to get worse. I'm extracting that one and probably it's neighbors because it's probably at 20 or 40% or someplace in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Right? Okay. That makes sense to so me. The breed itself doesn't change my plan. It's, it's what's this dog's risk that changes our plan and being a Yorkie, the risk is high. Okay. All right. What other markers are you looking for here as far as you, how you make this decision? So the things that we go through, you know, in our heads when we're thinking about extraction and right now we have a resident, which is um, we've always had vets come and shadow us and hang out with us, which is one thing. Now I have a resident who's shadowing and she's watching every move, right? So I have to rationalize yeah. every single extraction or not. Like if I choose to leave one, I have to have an explanation for that. And that makes it harder. Yeah. So it's not just like, it's just not the gut feel. Uh, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not the art. Like just, I feel, I feel this tooth. Cause I said I feel so. this tooth wants to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I have to explain myself all the time now. So let's think about that same Yorkie. And if, if I have a tooth that's on the fence, now imagine that lower first molar you mentioned, you said there's 10% bone loss on that lower first molar. Okay. Those upper guys, I should clarify, the 30% bone loss on those upper guys, boy, unless I have a very dedicated owner, a family who's like, I come every six months, I just adopted this dog, it's never gotten care before, but now it's gonna get care, that 30% yeah. is, is likely to be stabilized, I might be convinced to, on borderline teeth, to keep them around with a commitment from the family. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're more trusting than I am. I'm totally going to get on, on board now. We're going to take good care of these teeth starting right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I hate to admit, I'm always assessing families, right? Okay. Yeah. And I'm quick to say I'm hopefully not judging them, right? Right. No, Listen, no. My own pets don't get the same kind of care. That's what yeah. my family's no, offer. I, I agree. Right. No, it, it, I mean, it makes sense, right? So, so what I'm hearing from you basically is, you know, there's nuance in this decision of does this come out or does it not? And it's on the line. And some of it is how vigilant are going to be at home. If this goes south, am I going to get a chance to catch it in a reasonable amount of time? But if, or is this, am, am I making this decision for the next year? Or am I making this decision for the rest of this pet's life? And if it's the rest of this I, pet's life, I may be a bit more heavy handed than if it's just, hey, I get to look at this in six months or a year. Right. Have they mentioned cost? Okay. Right. I get it. I can't always pay for the things that I want to pay for too. Sure. But have they mentioned it? Have they have they focused on costs? 
have they mentioned time? You know, maybe they've got six kids and they're taking this Yorkie to the dentist is not going to happen, you know, coming in every year. Have they mentioned a fear of anesthesia, right? Some yeah. of those families are petrified and that's not the kind of family to be saving teeth in. Yeah, no, that okay. makes a lot of sense. And when we talked a little bit about, you know, this, this dog's got a little bit of elevated creatinine, you know, um, how big a deal is that? How big a deal did they perceive that to be? I, I can, that makes, that makes a ton of sense in this decision. Right. Is that, do we expect that to get significantly worse? We can do care on pets with kidney disease all the time. That's that there's lots of things to do to prevent exacerbation of that kidney stuff with anesthesia and with fluids and with support. So it doesn't stop me in any way, shape or form, but is it going to halt the family? Is it going to become an issue long-term? Well, then again, I'm more aggressive, assuming our current anesthesia is going well, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. What, um, where does this case go bad for me? Like, what are, what are the big mistakes that I need to be watching out for? What are, are, what are the, what are the things you see vets get wrong in this scenario? You know, I don't know. That's a hard one, right? I don't know if there's really right or wrong. Here's the things I'm thinking about. I don't like to keep a patient under anesthesia if they're hypotensive, right? Yep. Bradycardia, we all have come to find ways to manage bradycardia. We know that dexmedetonin does that for us. A lot of our anesthetic drugs do that. So it's very rare for me to stop a procedure because of bradycardia, as long as their their blood pressures are maintained, right? If I'm debating about a tooth, I'm not. If I have to prioritize a tooth, and I have one with endodontic disease, aka pulp disease, think abscess, and I have one with periodontal disease, think horizontal bone loss or vertical bone loss. If I have to prioritize, which one is going to get my priority? The answer is going to be endo. Because that's the one that's going to have known pain associated with it. I won't minimize that perio has pain. So please don't interpret me as saying that periodontal disease doesn't have pain. But endodontic disease, aka abscessed teeth, fractured teeth, those guys we know are overtly painful. We all have people in our lives, you know, who have periodontal disease and they aren't wandering around complaining all the time. If I have to pick one, I'm going to pick the fractured tooth. Okay. And I'm going to clean like heck around the one with perio if I have to get done my procedure now. Right. Right. Okay. That one's going to be my priority. But nonetheless, um, if we're having trouble anesthetically, we can stop at any point. We don't have to proceed. We can regroup and schedule again for two weeks from now to finish the procedure. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. If I, um, if I make that call, right, so I say, hey, I've got these concerns. I, I'm, I'm worried about, about some hypertension or I, I'm, I'm worried about where we are or, or um, yeah, it, there's financial concerns or whatever. What are the what are the key things that I need to communicate to the pet owner? Like what 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 do I need to do going out here? So I've got some some teeth I decided to save, um, but my expectation is I'm going to get a chance to kind of to watch them. How do I set expectations with the pet owner? What are the important parts of that conversation as they as they leave? The tricky part with what we say to families about we're going to watch teeth, right? Yeah, we're going to watch them. Families assume that means that they can at home assess, oh, they're painful now, or, oh, I can watch for swellings or drain tracks or they'll stop eating, and they just won't. Yeah. So if I ever dare to say we're going to watch something or monitor something, I'm always clear in my notes to say via anesthetized oral exams and dental radiographs. That's what watching them means. Okay. So most times, family, dear family, you're not going to know if something's up. You and I have to have such a relationship that you trust me that every year I got to get this patient under anesthesia. Even with the kidney disease, I got to go around and look around in there. And if we can do a yearly care that is an hour long rather than the three-hour adventure of constant extractions, that would be awesome. That's the goal. Okay. And so is that what monitoring kind of looks like in uh, monitoring? Is that what ongoing sort of care sort of looks like in your mind is getting the patient back on a regular basis, anesthesia, uh, maybe a 
uh, any grade one cleaning that needs to get done and then and then some repeat radiographs? Is that kind of what you, where your head's at? So here's the tricky part too. We feel, I, maybe I'm projecting, but I think we feel as veterinarians, if we get under anesthesia and we find nothing, we almost feel skeevy about it. Like, oh, we didn't need to do this, right? Yeah. Like, if it's beautiful in there, why did I spend their money? Why did I take their time? Why did I take the risk of anesthesia? And you guys, the hope is to find nothing. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Under anesthesia, clean the teeth, take the x-rays, find out, hey, it's healthy. I want to find nothing when I go to the dentist. It's like, go oh, clean bill health. Bye, guys. Thanks. So that's the goal. So don't feel skeevy about that. That's preventative care. That's prophylactic care. That's the point. Yeah, that's awesome. Donnell, thank you so much for being here. Where can uh, people find you online? Talk, talk to me real quick about the uh, Four-Legged Tooth Fairy. Oh, heck. Um, Four-Legged Tooth Fairy was just a <laughs> maybe selfish invention for us to be able to um, offer really, I hope you guys, high quality dental education um, for the family practitioner. That it's selfish because then everybody comes to us. We have all the equipment that we need. We got everything that we've got in one spot. We all become besties for about three days and we have so much fun. So you have to come to Minnesota right now. It's January and I'm wearing my down jacket inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's negative. It's negative 10 right now outside and we're all freezing, but it's okay. It's a beautiful place to come. You can embrace the cold and in the summertime, it's gorgeous. Oh, where yeah. can people learn more? Uh, fourleggedtoothfairy.com, www.fourleggedtoothfairy.com. Awesome. Yep. Thanks for being it's here. It's a side hustle, but we love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, as always, the kindest thing you can do is leave me an honest review um, wherever you get your podcasts. I, I love it. It's how I get feedback on the show. Um, it means the world to me. I, I, I like positive reinforcement. I also love to hear what you guys think uh, we should be talking about uh, and what types of cases you would like to hear. So anyway, that stuff's always useful to me. Please feel free to let me know. Gang, take care of yourselves. Be well. Talk to you soon.